The following is a live copyrighted presentation. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time now for Radiolawtalk.com with your host, Frederick Penny, attorney at law. And now, Radiolawtalk.com. Welcome to another exciting installment of Radio Law Talk. If you are questioning the voice, this is Todd Kuhn and I am filling in for Fred Penny. I'm usually seated to his left in our booth and I have moved over one space to the right. I'm in the, the big boy chair, but still to the right of me is the indisputable moral compass of the show, Denise Dirks. Denise, how are you? I'm glad to be here. Glad to be here. Glad to be here. Well, we're glad to, we're glad always that you are here. When Fred and I when Fred and I do the show when you have had to be away on assignment or whatever, it it's just not the same. Just not the same when you are not here, Denise. Well, thank you for that. I appreciate that a lot. And behind the glass, Mr. Mr. The Western States World Traveler himself, Cal right, Hunter. Right, 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 right. Glad to be back. Thank you so much. Cal, are those toothpicks that are holding your eyes up there? Yes, and my left eye is watering like crazy. No. <laughs> uh, I had a grandson get married in the great city of Salt Lake City, Utah, Aww. yesterday, and it was a wonderful experience, uh, and I had to come back to do the show, so I hopped the red eye and... It's a red eye. <laughs> Had to go to Salt Lake to Vegas, Vegas to where we are. And Did you go. get to play in Vegas? <laughs> I don't play in Vegas. <laughs> I watch people play in Vegas. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I didn't know that you were there for a wedding, but that does explain the scene that I encountered when I got here to the studio this morning. <laughs> when you show up, you know, there's music playing. Cal's got some music playing in the background that's over the PA. It's what he uses to check the monitors and make sure stuff is there. And no joke, I'm, I'm setting my stuff up and I'm listening to the music. And it's all, how do I put this? Here we go. Songs from the 70s, all dealing with romance, some out of Motown. Like, Cal, you doing okay there? <laughs> I said, yes, I left my wife behind. She's coming home Sunday night, you know, so. That's not the 70s, Todd, I hate to tell you. That's 80s, yeah, but still. Well, well okay, okay, early 80s. No, no, it's older than that. Yeah, Dionne Warwick is pretty antique, but yeah. Carol King, you know. So okay, that's old. Aww, okay. <laughs> I love that song. Yeah, good stuff. Anyway. And here, and now we've yeah. lost Denise. And so... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we took a shot. <laughs> so, I yeah. Just, I miss my bride. I, you know, 40, almost 50 years together, you know, even even two nights away. It, it's just not as fun. We did some cool stuff yesterday that we, we never thought we'd be able to do. Many people watch the Motor Trend channel. Now the, uh, okay. Because nothing says love like Motor Trend. Like watching people restore cars. There's a classic <laughs> car builder, not a restorer, but a builder in Salt Lake called Dave Kindig, and he has a shop called Kindigit. And so people bring their cars to him, give him a floor of a quarter million dollars, a floor of a quarter million, and say, "Here's what I want made out of my car." We took the tour. Kendig, Kev Dog, all these kind of these little mini celebrities that we like when we watch the show. And then we went to a Guy Fieri diner and had some barbecue. So we, our, our, our TV lives were fully fulfilled yesterday. <laughs> it was just a great old man and old lady date after a wedding. It was fun. We had a great time. Cal so. Hunter and his wife <laughs> ticking things off the bucket list. No, please don't say bucket list. <laughs> Not at my age, please. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're, we're, glad, we're glad you were able to get the red eye and make it in here. And yeah, obviously, obviously, the fact that you're hearing primarily from me in the host chair means that our... Fearless leader Fred Penny is on assignment, not here with us, but I did speak with him or heard from him, and he wanted us to pass along his best wishes, and he will be back with us, I believe, next week, where both of us may be on assignment. I think you and I are on assignment yes. next week. So that's what's going on. But we, you know... It's summer. It, it is. It is summer, and it, and the law does not stop for the summer, right? 
Yes, it does. It, in August, Todd, in August, nothing happens. You well, know this. Well, I, I will say, look, I lived in, uh, in northeast Tennessee for okay. a year. Yeah. That's where they do the, the NASCAR race, Bristol Motor Speedway. They have a, a March race and an August race. And the night race in the last uh, three weeks of or the third week in August is huge. And this is what I can tell you. Sullivan County is the county where that is. There's about 120, 130,000 people in Sullivan County. Maybe it's up to 150. The Bristol Motor Speedway seats 160,000 people. So that speedway seats more than the entire population of the county. And I was a prosecutor out there, and I can tell you that that place shuts down for the week. All law enforcement is devoted to... Security for the for the race for the races. There there's no court. There's if you get arrested the week before the race, you're stuck. You're, you're going to be in custody until that race is <laughs> <Yeah>. over. Because <laughs> yeah, the judge is talking to the race promoters and going, "I am a judge, you know. What kind of seats do you have?" <laughs> <laughs> so so I guess yes, I am incorrect. The law does stop. But we have so much to talk about here. Chuck Person avoids prison in the in the shoe scandal. Uh, the sexual assault case with Kevin Spacey, we've got an, an update, update on that on that, that yeah. we called last week. Mm-hmm. We, an interesting issue about parental rights as it relates to religious upbringing of children. I was reading that, and I mean, this is in Denise's wheelhouse, and, and I'm looking forward to the comments on those. Sh- sh- shocking, shocking, the Ninth Circuit issues a decision that actually is in the Trump administration's favor on right. on immigration to a certain extent. Oh, come on. Uh, that is, it would knock me over. You would have never thought that was going to happen. We, we've talked before about the HBO series about Michael Jackson, right. and that's got some legs on an initial or on a new or novel theory of First Amendment violations that's typically reserved for government, but it's going to possibly apply here in this case. We'll talk about that. Lead-based paint. Lead-based paint's in the news. We know about that. And, you know, obviously, El Chapo gets sentenced. So we've got a lot of things that we are going to get to, that plus others. I haven't listed everything that we could possibly get to and maybe have talked about things that we won't get to, depending on how the gov- how the discussion goes, Denise. Yeah, well, I want me some Katy Perry. Oh, and oh, how do we forget <laughs> that? You know, tease that one. We're going to – I can yeah. guarantee you we're going to get to Katy Perry and a lawsuit about copyright infringement with her. But before we do all that, we're going to do a case or no case. Now, Cal, looking at the time here. Do we have enough time for you to set one up, and then we can go ahead and take the answers after the break? What's your preference? Yeah, I think I can probably give you a little setup on a case or no case. Now it's time to play Case or No Case. Yay! All right. John, uh, Jerry, pardon me. Jerry Vanderveer lives in Michigan in the Upper Peninsula, and he's always considered himself an outdoorsy, swarthy kind of man who could handle himself in difficult situations. One day he was at the post office and recognized an enemy of the state. Seriously. So he took his shotgun out and fired away at the telephone lines overhead and killed 47 black crows. He took them proudly to the Department of Fishing Game, there to collect his loot, $2.01. He clearly wasn't in it for the money because he said, I'm doing it to assist the state agriculture. And Mr. Vanderveer was promptly arrested. Arrested, he said. There's a bounty on black crows in Michigan. So he posted his misdemeanor bail and sought legal counsel immediately. And I ask you all, case or no case. So that's going to be the deal that we'll talk about when we come back. Uh, how much time do we have here? Uh, about? We've got, uh, well, about 40 seconds. About 40 30, seconds. Uh, can 30, can yeah. I just ask one quick question? Was yeah. that in was that within the city limits where he discharged? It's a township. But township? I mean, it, it has a post office, so I guess you could say it's a township, but it was not in a city per se. All right. So when we come back from the break, Denise and I will give our answers and our opinions on the case of the Black Crow The Black Crow Bounty Hunter. (laughs) (laughs) Don't go away, folks. We will be back on Radio Law Talk after these messages. If you'd like to participate, tweet. All advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk 
is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com. Jason Ross back here with Fred Penny, managing attorney from Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers. Now, Fred, what type of cases are you dealing with now, and what sets you apart? Jason, we help people with all types of personal injury cases. We're former insurance company trial lawyers. We understand the other side, which gives us a distinct advantage over our competition. Remember, we don't get paid unless we win. That's Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers with locations throughout California. For a free consultation, go to pennylawyers.com or give them a call 1-800-616-4LAW. That's P-E-N-N-E-Y lawyers.com. This is Denise Dirks. We can represent clients in divorce, legal separation, child and spousal support, custody, termination of parental rights, step-parent adoptions, guardianships, and even conservatorship matters. Call 1-877-886-7186 for a consultation. The law offices of Denise L. Dirks provide family law services in Northern California. When the law affects your family, call 877-886-7186. The family of attorneys at Denise L. Dirks is here to help. I am Cameron Levitt, Chief Operating Officer of Concussion Medical Clinic. California's first concussion medical clinic is now open. As concussions increase each year, there has never been a greater need for concussion specialists. Our physicians at Concussion Medical Clinic are board certified in pediatric neurology and sports medicine and have partnered with universities, hospitals, and rehab clinics to expedite the recovery process. Simply put, we are elevating the standard of care. When you need an expert concussion opinion or concussion care, visit concussionmedicalclinic.com to schedule your appointment. Hi, I'm Frederick Penny of Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers. I bet you're tired of hearing lawyer commercials. So just relax and listen to music for a few seconds. When you or a family member has been injured, call 800-616-4LAW or see us at pennyandassociates.com. See, that wasn't so bad. I'm going to quick quack car wash. Get my car washed, make it quick quack. Pretty shiny sexy just because I want to don't drive dirty. Going to get my car suds in the quick quack car wash. It's the quick quack, quickest and the cleanest by far. We're talking three skinny minutes sitting right in your car. Wash a hundred feet of cloth. Washing your car at the quick quack car wash. Any Honda, Mazda, Ford, or Chevy, Sauber, Cadillac, quick quack. Don't spruce her up just like that. You'll be happy looking snappy. You'll be glad you was at the quick quack car wash. Get on the web and go to don'tdrivedirty.com and see where you got your closest quick quack in the local area. Get in your car. Get in your truck. Get on the road. Come visit the dock. At the quick quack car wash, where your car will always leave happy, guaranteed. They take pride in being clean and green by conserving and recycling the water they use only at the Quick Quack Car Wash. Most of my family, they never graduated high school or even let alone go to college, so I'm trying to break that barrier. My daughter Brooklyn was also a motivation for me to go back to school. Every day after work, went straight to school, studied hard, and, and it paid off. At age 26, Kareem finished his high school diploma. I could not have done it alone. I feel like if I didn't have anyone to push me, I wouldn't even bother to do it. I got one milestone down the drain, and now I got to work on the next. I see the future is really bright for me. I feel like it doesn't matter the age, as long as you go back and get it done. The high school diploma is just added to the confidence, and now I feel unstoppable. No one gets a diploma alone. You have more support than you realize. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. You're listening to radiolawtalk.com. And now back to your host, Frederick Penny. Or Todd Kunin, as the case may be. So we're doing case or no case. Let me see if I got this right, Cal. Just right. The, the, the case of the black crow bounty hunter. Yes. A uh, guy goes in. Jerry his, Vanderveer. Jerry Vanderveer in this township in Michigan sees. It, it, okay, so there is a bounty on crows, ostensibly, he, so he believes. He goes in, he sees some crows on a wire, gets a shotgun, shoots them. 
within the township. Was he near a post office? Did you say yeah, it was I, a post, post office? Yeah, post office. I picked that up, too. Well, yeah, that's that's how you knew it was a township because, you know, it has to have yeah. a post office so, to be a township. So, so he yeah. saw the— he It's was... not really relevant to the story. I'll give you that much of a hint. The okay. post office is not relevant to the story. Okay. Shoots the crows. Well, it's relevant to my answer. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, then it is. <laughs> Shoots the crows with his shotgun, takes the crows to collect the bounty, and is arrested. Okay. Uh, now, where were the, were the crows on a – did you say they were on a telephone wire? Yeah. Okay. By the way, a not unusual place for, from which to um, harvest crows. That's, that's, that's true. That's yeah. true. Okay. So, uh, Cal, who's going to go first? Well, I'm thinking about this. Um, Denise has 16 points. You have 15. Mm-hmm. So, strategically, I'm thinking who would want to go first? Who would want to set the tone – and get in the other person's head. That is very interesting that you would say that, given something we're going to discuss later on about <laughs> devious trial tactics. Maybe later on this hour, All since right, you've see. raised it. You but... see? And so now I'm going to let Denise go first. Okay. okay. <laughs> Ah, I, I would say uh, beauty before age. There you go. Just and, kidding. And, well, or as I would say, beauty before kitties. <laughs> okay. All right. So never I never going to let that down. No, no, no. You'll never live it down. Um, okay. So this is what I think. I think there's two theories that I've come up with why he was arrested. All right. The first theory involves damage to personal property, um, that the telephone poles or the wires or something somehow got uh, damaged by the um, shots that he took against the crows. The second, since it was by a post office, um, I, I had thought that it, putting other people in um, reasonable apprehension you or know, danger, of yeah, danger yeah. So because discharge or something like that. Exactly. Yeah. Like, okay. you know, it, it was too risky behavior given the what was around him. Um, and then the third one, I think, is that Jerry Vandermeer is just this name has been heard in this context before. I've heard this name. It's a Dutch Michigan name. Very common name of the Vander uh, prefix. Uh, is very common in Michigan. I only know that because I used to live there. So I'm telling you that this is not an unusual And there was name. something with the peninsula. I, that... Upper peninsula. Michigan, it has the thump, oh, yeah, it the has mitten, the, yeah, it has and then the, up in the, the top is where all the yeah. hunters live and all the wilderness people, and that's where this guy lived. <laughs> I don't know. I, I just always laugh. I think he could have been arrested because he was drunk in public, too. <laughs> <laughs> Good, point. Um, Good point. I'm just struggling with whether or not it's the case. I'm going to say it's not a case. So she's going with no case. No case. Wow. Mr. Kunin, what <laughs> say you? Now, now that Denise really has resorted to some shady trial tactics okay. of putting out every possibility and then going, but I'm not going to do any. <laughs> nothing. Nothing. Well, um, okay. All I'm going to say is this. I, I'll disagree with Denise. I'm going to go with it is a case because, you know, otherwise we just stay neck and neck and everything's tied. So, yes, I'm going to say it's a case. And then the next question is whether or not uh, the outcome of the case, right? Mm -hmm. That's right. Uh, I think that he ends up having to face some sort of liability. The, in essence, the arrest is valid. I don't think he's able to defeat the arrest based upon his claim that he got the crows and there was a bounty on them. And I think it probably has something to do with discharging a firearm within the township limits. Close. To, did we know what time of day and what year this was? I do not. Okay. So we don't know what time of day, what year, but I'm going to say regardless – I, I just don't think that you can discharge a firearm outside a post office to get crows. That would, at a very minimum, t tend to indicate that it's somewhat of a populous area, unless it's the middle of the night, and then you're disturbing the peace to fire your gun. So We're going on Denise's theory, just after closing time at 2 a.m. <laughs> yes, yes. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that this is a case, and that Mr. Vander, whatever his name is. Vandermeer. Vandermeer faces liability and and the arrest is valid. You know, I haven't kept a database of names used, but I've used Vander Sloot, 
Vandermeer, Van, der, der Van Diver, which uh, is also a comedy. Van I hate Amber. it when you started out this way. I'm just trying to think. <laughs> of He's the... just playing into the strategy here. <laughs> His strategy oh, is to really upset us. <laughs> I'm just trying to make you think, oh, man, what is, what's next? Yeah, and so let me call up my piece, uh, case or no case, case sheet here. For those of you who say it was not a case... Which means, for those of you who say it was a case, (laughs) okay. But here's the thing until 2006, every citizen of Michigan was encouraged to be a bounty hunter for crows and for starlings because they eat so much grain they can ruin a crop. Oh, yeah. And oh, same, I didn't know that. Yeah, same thing in Idaho when I was a kid. And so if we saw them on the telephone line, we we blast away. A power company didn't like it very much, but rarely would you hit a transformer. <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> but, yeah, so they got three cents per each starling and ten cents a crow as long as they were presented in a good state of preservation. However, that law was changed in the year 2006. But I thought it was interesting, and I would use one of those weird state law things you know, and Denise <laughs> Denise gets two points, Todd gets none, and that, ladies and gentlemen, is... Uh, case or no case, okay. No case. Well, we're just about the bottom of the hour. When we come back, we're going to talk about Kevin Spacey and the lawsuit that he was facing, or the criminal charges he was facing up in Nantucket, and what the outcome recently has been with that. Don't go away. You're listening to Radio Law Talk on your favorite radio station. We'll be back after this. We remind you that Radio Law Talk is heard live on the Pacific Coast, 9 to noon every Saturday. You can stream the show live if you wish at radiolawtalk.com. All advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com. Hi, my name is Lily. My mom and dad used to fight about money all the time. Then one day, I heard them talking about this guy. Some uncle I never knew called Uncle Sam. Well, they say this Uncle Sam guy wanted them to pay him like a gazillion dollars. And they didn't have a gazillion dollars. So they called this company they heard on the radio called The Tax Doctor. And The Tax Doctor worked with Uncle Sam's people. I think they're called the IRS. And they're able to work it out so my mom and dad didn't have to pay Uncle Sam very much money at all. So now mom and dad are happy. And I'm happy too. Thanks, Tax Doctor. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS or state, call now and pay less. 800-263-2610. 800-263-2610. 800-263-2610. That's 800-263-2610. Warning, don't let your business get left behind in what is likely to be the biggest economic boom in recent history. If you need to build for your business to grow, call General Steel today for a pre-engineered steel building designed for your needs. No wasted space. Steel prices are expected to rise, but you can still lock in your price on a General Steel building. And you can still save as much as half the cost and time of conventional construction. As much as half. But you must call now. If you need a church building, office, warehouse, manufacturing space, retail space, or more, call General Steel today. You can still get the General's 50-year structural warranty and General Steel steel quality all at a price you can afford so don't let rising steel prices put your project out of reach and stop you from making your company great 800-617-9312 800-617-9312 that's 800-617-9312 know someone with a drinking or drug problem Learn how to get sober after we share these stories. I was 35 with two beautiful children when my life and addiction started to spiral out of control. After my divorce, I went into a depression cycle and started drinking more often and using prescription drugs. After my second DWI and arrest, my ex-husband threatened to take our children away from me. I was 17 when I became addicted to heroin and meth. I thought I could quit on my own, but I couldn't. It hit me when I was arrested. Get sober now. 
Your private insurance may cover costs and we'll get you here. It's simple. Just call Elite Rehab Placement right now. Please don't wait. Your life matters to us. 800-918-1376 That's 800-918-1376 Alright guys, we need to have you read some lines for our disclaimer promo But first, can anybody tell me what a disclaimer is? Alright then, well, uh, Denise, you go ahead Non uti consilius meoriere por questus purpurium juris consult Latin, that's a nice touch, thank you, Denise Next time we'll try it in English if that's okay Fred, how about you? Cal, I don't want to read all this Can we just tell the people that we're discussing general legal issues And they should hire their own attorney instead of relying on what we have to say here Well, we could, I guess uh, uh, Chris? I'm not going to be there anyway Why have me do it? Let's, Let's have, have Todd do it, it. Me? Read disclaimers? Why, I couldn't. <clears throat> the information you hear on Radio Law Talk is general... The preceding promo was for entertainment purposes only. And if you want true legal advice, contact your own lawyer. Just a tip from your friends at Radio Law Talk. Be sure to read our disclaimers on radiolawtalk.com as well. Even in the hustle and noise of this modern world, we feel the pull of the forest. To walk under the canopy and feel transformed. National forests are essential to life. Majestic and grand, they clean our air, supply drinking water to millions, and provide homes to countless wildlife. They fuel our imaginations, inspiring us to think big, and now's the time to do just that. Fires and natural disasters devastate our forests each year. That's why we're replanting millions of new trees across the country. The Arbor Day Foundation needs your help. We've heard the call of the wild and we've answered. Scientists, foresters, volunteers, and members, together we can preserve and protect our heritage and legacy. We must act now so that the generations of today and tomorrow can continue to depend on our forests. Visit Arbor Day. This is Radio Law Talk. And we are back. Cal, I got the universal someone's on the line signal from you. What do we have? Well, we have David on the telephone. He has a question about the Epstein matter that I thought you might find interesting. So he's from California and uh, has a question for us. David, good morning. Welcome to Radio Law Talk. Oh, morning. Hey, um, are you in the eastern zone? It's now afternoon for you, huh? Yeah, wherever you may be. <laughs> yeah, good, good. Uh, yeah, I noticed, uh, I was watching one of the news broadcasts about Epstein, and they were saying that there's no proof uh, through the Security Exchange Commission that he ever had any kind of, um, was it a, a Series 7 or a Series 9 uh, uh, brokerage license? And um, have you... Um, it, one of the uh, odd comments uh, that came up was that during 9-11, the Security Exchange Commission's office, I think that was in Building 7, so during the dropping of the towers on 9-11, uh, Building 7 fell, and that that would have destroyed Jeffrey Epstein's uh, license, you know, that it was held inside. So the proof building. of that would have, gone, would have gone down with the building, in other words. Right, and that doesn't make any sense, because a federal license like that, you would think that D.C. would have a copy, too. Well, it'd be on well, microfiche somewhere. somewhere. Or on a hard drive. Well, David, yes. yeah, David, thank you. We'll let Denise and Todd ruminate on your good question. Thanks so much for calling. Thank, thank you very much, David. Yes, it, that does raise an interesting question, this this concept of what happens if we can destroy a record is something that we often heard in the criminal context in my practice. You know, what if I can get the DA's file? Well, in order to make a criminal case go away, you'd have to, let's see, you'd have to get the DA's file. You'd have to get the court's file. You'd have to go and get all of the files from the police department, the investigating agency. It's not one thing that's stored in one area. And I would have to assume that the same thing is true, not just whether somebody was able to foresee the tragedy of 9-11, um, that specific event, you would have to assume that a government agency would 
be able to foresee something happening to files kept at one location, whether they be corrupt or fire or something, and having backups stored somewhere. Denise, what do you think? Well, I totally agree with you. There's going to be a backup. There's going to be microfish in other places, a micro, microfilm, sorry, in, <laughs> in other places. And um, I think that you can't totally destroy it. Even back in, in 2001, when 911 happened, um, we did have backup capabilities, and we were backing up very habitually our, our data. This sounds like a plot out of an old radio show. Well, you know, the sheriff, the uh, the sheriff's office burned down, so nobody's getting arrested today. I mean, <laughs> it, I mean, doesn't it really sound like something that could happen in a truly analog time that is far less likely to happen now? It's part of the a conspiracy theory too. There is a conspiracy theory out there about Building Seven, um, that it was purposely imploded because if you see it it didn't get hit by anything there was no reason for it to go and it went and it went down very carefully very structurally and it looked like it was imploded so there is this theory out there the owner of this building was alleged to be something that the vice president at the time was involved with it was overinsured. i mean there's like really all these conspiracy stuff going on and it sounds like maybe he is connecting epstein to that part of that conspiracy. Well, the, the, the thing to keep in mind also that is in addition to government agencies keeping copies of their records of licenses that they have administered, you also have to, in the case of Mr. Epstein, and of all people, you would never want to be on the position of defending him in anything. But I will in this limited case about his license. Mr. Epstein would also have copies of whatever was given to him, authorizing him to perform whatever financial services he performed. You know, you get that in the mail. I get a bar card every year from the California State Bar. We have my, I got my diploma. I've got all the things that qualify me to do what I do as a lawyer, and arguably he would have those same things given to him. So if everything was lost, heaven forbid, but if everything was gone, assuming there was no microfilm, nothing, you would have to assume that Mr. Epstein still had his documentation of what he was allowed to do. And upon presentation of that, assuming that people were not able to prove that it was fraudulently procured, he'd be able to say, hey, I, I got a license to do this. But I think our caller's suggesting that it might have been in Epstein's interest to say, well, yeah, I lost my card, and, you know, the building fell down. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I had a license. I, I really did. I do think yeah. that's what yeah. he's saying. Yeah. Yeah. And and right. um, we're going to find out a lot about what Epstein says about a fraudulent passport, perhaps. We're going to find out about some other things. And he's just been now um, indicted, and he has been denied bail. But he's still innocent until proven guilty. He is. And we got to keep that in mind as we talk about him, that we need to recognize the fact that we need to presume his innocence. Charges, allegations, and presumptions. And there's a yes. lot of – because everybody says, well, you know, it's amazing what money can buy you, and it is. Well, that's – and that's right? a nice – that's a nice segue – uh, that's a nice segue into what we're going to talk about in in about Kevin Spacey. Yes. And 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 here's why I say that. So we covered this case with Kevin Spacey. We, we've done I think a couple. Last week. Of, a it cup, was, we've done a couple yeah. of episodes on it, but last week with developments in the case to get you up to speed, he was being prosecuted in Nantucket for a, a sexual battery assault type behavior against, at the time, an 18-year-old male victim. The argument or the allegations were that he, without consent of the victim, groped the genitalia over the clothing and, and just engaged in this kind of behavior. Now, when this news broke, when this broke initially, it was above the fold headlines, for those of you that used to read newspapers, it, it would be if the newspaper is laying flat down, it would be something you would see on the headline in a stack of newspapers that were ready to be delivered. It was above the fold print, Kevin Spacey facing charges in Nantucket, and the allegations were out there, and everybody talked about what he was charged with, 
right? Right, and the clever newspapers would have a headline, there once was an actor in Nantucket. Yes, that would be <laughs> that would be interesting. <laughs> Who put his hand where he stuck it. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. The I boy mean... made a claim. It turned out to be lame. And Kevin Spacey yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. says, I'm sorry I brought it whatever. Okay. So, um, but, but that's what happened when the claim came out, the allegation. This week, we get additional news about that case. And guess what? It was dismissed. It was dismissed. We'll talk about the grounds, but it was dismissed. But the most I could see in terms of the publication of the dismissal was small print at the very bottom of the website that I was on. It was not above the fold news of the dismissal. They didn't publish the dismissal to the same degree they published the allocations, but that's what happens. And, and Denise, we'll talk about what. So, what was the basis here? Well, dismissals aren't sexy, though, guys. That's true. Well, kind of. This one was. Um, I like this one a lot because this is when you have a total, complete failure of evidence, and that was what was exciting. Well, remember when you do the preliminary hearing, you present the evidence, right? You get all this evidence in that may not come in at trial. When they got to trial, not only did they find that the pictures and the text messages that were sent by the alleged victim were gone, missing, but the entire phone was gone. That is the single most important best evidence that existed in that trial, except for the testimony of the alleged victim. Now, what happened with the testimony of the alleged victim? Well, he starts to talk about erasing things on his phone that he didn't and all that and found out that if he had done that and admitted to that, that's a felony. His mom had already admitted to doing that. And he didn't want to face a felony, so he pled the fifth. What happens in a criminal case when you plead the fifth is your entire testimony is stricken. And you, there's no, that's a complete failure of testimony. So not only was there a failure of evidence, there was a failure of any credible witness that could testify. Abs- that's it. <laughs> Absolutely. We're going to talk a little bit about the timeline. We're coming up on a break here. But just to, to let you know, the, the case got started earlier this year in Nantucket. It was in the middle of a preliminary hearing recently. And that's where these issues started to come out at the preliminary hearing. And then the court made a ruling towards the end of the preliminary hearing. And based upon the court's ruling, the prosecution made a decision about the case. And we'll talk about that when we come back. We're coming up on the break here. If you want to participate, by all means, call in. Denise, the number is? 855-529-7234. It's also 855-LAW-RADIO. Be like Dave. Call in with your questions. We'll be happy. We're happy to answer them. Be like people all across the country and listen to Radio Law Talk on radiolawtalk.com or on your favorite radio station. You stay right there. There's much more Radio Law Talk coming right up. on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com. Know someone with a drinking or drug problem? Learn how to get sober after we share these stories. I was 35 with two beautiful children when my life and addiction started to spiral out of control. After my divorce, I went into a depression cycle and started drinking more often and using prescription drugs. After my second DWI and arrest, my ex-husband threatened to take our children away from me. I was 17 when I became addicted to heroin and meth. I thought I could quit on my own, but I couldn't. It hit me when I was arrested. Get sober now. Your private insurance may cover costs and we'll get you here. It's simple. Just call Elite Rehab Placement right now. Please don't wait. Your life matters to us. 800-918-1376. 800-918-1376. That's 800-918-1376. 
Jason Ross back here with Fred Penny, managing attorney from Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers. Now, Fred, what type of cases are you dealing with now, and what sets you apart? Jason, we help people with all types of personal injury cases. We're former insurance company trial lawyers. We understand the other side, which gives us a distinct advantage over our competition. Remember, we don't get paid unless we win. That's Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers with locations throughout California. For a free consultation, go to pennylawyers.com or give them a call 1-800-616-4LAW. That's P-E-N-N-E-Y lawyers.com. This is Denise Dirks. We can represent clients in divorce, legal separation, child and spousal support, custody, termination of parental rights, step-parent adoptions, guardianships, and even conservatorship matters. Call 1-877-886-7186 for a consultation. The law offices of Denise L. Dirks provide family law services in Northern California. When the law affects your family, call 877-886-7186. The family of attorneys at Denise L. Dirks is here to help. Many women have so many clothes in the closet, but then we go to get dressed and find we have nothing to wear. Ah. We've all been there. We all want to be comfortable and fashionable at the same time, and it's difficult to find clothing that makes that task effortless. But at Letty & Company, you can find trendy, comfortable clothing that is affordable, things you'll want to wear every day. Shop with a purpose online with free shipping. Just go to lettyandcompany.com. LettyandCompany.com. If you're one of those independent people who wants your own business and you love food service, we just might have a great opportunity for you. Iceberg Drive-Ins. Iceberg is famous for its thick shakes and delicious food. We lend you our supply chain and expertise, and you can potentially have a thriving, successful, fun business that your customers will love. Iceberg Drive-Ins has some prime areas available right now, so if you're interested, get in touch with us right away. Go to icebergdrivein.com and click on the Contact Us button. Iceberg Drive-In, ready to grow with you. I am Cameron Levitt, Chief Operating Officer of Concussion Medical Clinic. California's first concussion medical clinic is now open. As concussions increase each year, there has never been a greater need for concussion specialists. Our physicians at Concussion Medical Clinic are board certified in pediatric neurology and sports medicine and have partnered with universities, hospitals, and rehab clinics to expedite the recovery process. Simply put, we are elevating the standard of care. When you need an expert concussion opinion or concussion care, visit concussionmedicalclinic.com to schedule your appointment. I've got to get my car washed. This dirt, it just won't do. But I don't have no time today. I don't know what I do. Man, I know this place right down the road. Quick, quack, car wash. Hop inside, let's take a ride and watch this cat and shine. Just come and see, I guarantee your ride will steal the show. Come on, quick, quack, car wash. Don't drive that dirty car. Quick, quack. You're listening to Radio Law Talk. And now back to the show. Radio Law Talk. So in Nantucket, Kevin Spacey gets a dismissal of the criminal case. Denise and I were talking about this at the break, and Denise was laying it out here as we went into the break. And, you know, what happened was the case got started. It was at the preliminary hearing, and some odd things came out at the preliminary hearing. The defense raised some questions. There was information taken from the victim's cell phone, the alleged victim's cell phone, text messages, but they seemed to be out of context. And so the defense wanted the entire cell phone so they could look at it to, to fill in the gaps. And, well, the law enforcement didn't have it. They didn't have a Cellbrite report where like, basically a forensic download of the entire cell phone, or so they said. And when they went to go ask the victim for it, they couldn't find it. Right. They, they, the investigator said he gave it to the victim's father. The victim's father says he never received it, didn't know where it was. And all of a sudden, this phone that was important, not just to the criminal case, but would have been very important also to this civil case that the alleged victim brought against um, Mr. Spacey. And what's interesting here is that I think, I've been reading between the lines, if once he filed the civil case, I think the investigator, the police investigator, gave back the phone because of the civil case. Because um, normally they would not. They wouldn't break that chain of custody. That's right. I have covered, I mean, I've been involved in many criminal cases, both a prosecutor and a defense attorney. And as a prosecutor, it was very common to have a, a, a cell phone seized in the course of a case. And somebody calls and says, hey, can I get my phone back? And you'd have to say, yeah, when we're done with the case. But I can't give it to you right now. And, and. 
after the issue with the cell phone came up, the mother, the victim's mother, admitted that she had deleted some photos that she called like frat boy style photos that might be embarrassing to the victim. Nobody admitted anything regarding deletion of text messages. But once you have the admission that something had been deleted and altered, that raises the concern that other stuff may have happened. And when it was pointed out, I believe on the stand to the victim who was testifying, when it was pointed out to him that it is a, as Denise said, a felony to delete stuff from the phone. I mean, you're you're destroying evidence. All of a sudden, he doesn't want to answer any more questions. He pleads the fifth because he doesn't want to get in trouble. And as Denise said, all of his evidence goes away. And, and the judge made an interesting comment when ruling on the preliminary hearing, which he said basically to the prosecution, you can go forward, but... Without him, you don't have a whole lot. Cal. How many naughty prosecutor words do you suppose were spoken in the meeting when they realized that this case that was bringing them national attention all of a sudden blew up in their faces? Oh, I think there was a huge embarrassment, to oh. be really candid with you, because the chain of custody is the prosecution's it's the thing. burden. Right, right. And so you're looking at that's, that's that was a big, huge failure. But... The alleged victim here had previously dismissed his civil case, right? That's right. So that was dismissed with prejudice. We don't know if there was a backdoor settlement. What does with prejudice mean? (laughs) What what does that mean? What does with prejudice Um, mean? If you dismiss with prejudice, it means you cannot bring it ever again. It's, It's done. It's as if it was litigated on the merits. If you dismiss it without prejudice, you can bring it again, provided that you're not beyond a statute of limitations issue. I'll give you an example. Let's say that a complaint a complaint is not drafted uh, technically correctly, and the court grants a demur, where basically the court says this complaint is not sufficient to go forward on because of the way it was drafted. But I will. It, it's it. The demur is granted without prejudice, meaning you're free to amend and you can keep the case going if you clean up the language in the in the complaint. A case can sometimes be dismissed, but you can refile it if you clean everything up. But if it's dismissed with prejudice, you're done. That's right. Yes. And I have a question for you, Todd. Okay. And this is a civil kind of a question, but I just I'm very curious. Uh, I don't suppose that uh, Mr. Spacey is going to actually sue, but does he have a claim for defamation against this alleged victim? I think technically he does. I agree with you. I, I don't think that in a case like this that Spacey would want the publicity to go after him. Um, would you for, as a prosecutor try to preclude that from occurring? Well, that is an interesting that's an interesting question because that's a dicey area for prosecutors. I'll, I'll give you a scenario. Some people would think it would be common. Let's say the prosecutor is getting ready to dismiss the Casey, uh, the Spacey lawsuit. Calls up the defense attorney and says, "Look, we're going to we're going to dismiss this case, but right now the victim is really worried that that Spacey is going to go back and sue him for defamation because he didn't testify and the whole thing got started and you know." Can we get an assurance? Look, we'll dismiss the case if Spacey will agree just not to sue him civilly and everybody will go forward. Let's say that happened. And I want to state unequivocally, we don't know that this happened. This is merely a hypothetical. Would it be appropriate for the prosecutor to pick up the phone just to try to make everything go away, to help out the victim to do that? And the answer is no, it would not be appropriate. That violates an ethical Uh, principle, an ethical rule for attorneys, the ethical rule being that you are not to use the resolution of a criminal case, criminal charges, whether it's, it's threatening an action being brought or the resolution of an action pending, you are not to use that as leverage to resolve a pending or proposed civil case. They are separate. So it would be inappropriate for the prosecutor to approach the defense attorney to say this, okay? It wouldn't necessarily be inappropriate for the defense. Um, uh, it wouldn't necessarily be inappropriate for the defense or for Spacey to propose it of his own, but you can't use that as leverage. Similarly, if Spacey had a civil attorney and the civil attorney was talking to the civil attorney, you just can't use the criminal proceedings 
as a way to try to leverage the result or a resolution of a civil case. Right. And one thing we would hope that would happen um, is that the um, alleged victim's civil attorney, when they dismiss with prejudice, that they got that kind of assurance from um, Mr. Spacey that he wasn't going to sue. Hopefully that happened to give them some protection. Why do I care about that? Because I just feel like um, alleged victims sometimes can take a harsh road, especially when there's a complete and total failure of evidence. That, that is true. And so that, that kind of wraps up the Spacey case. And, and while we're on the issue here of trial, we got about three minutes left. Denise, I want to ask you a question. What is the strangest thing that has ever occurred to you that you've seen in a trial? Okay, so this is not a joke. This is absolutely something that happened. I had a good friend uh, who was a, an attorney. We were on opposite sides of the case. Um, the case involved really super strong issues like whether or not there was a perpetrator of domestic violence and whether they should have custody of their child or not. So a very important issue. And she comes over to me during the trial and she goes, go look at Exhibit 44. And I said, what's Exhibit 44? And she goes, just go take a look at it. So I go over to the table where the exhibits are. I look at Exhibit 44, and it's a picture of my much younger client. My client's clearly older than that. Um, And the expression that comes to mind is hung like a horse. And (laughs) I was stunned. It took me a second. Everybody's in the courtroom, the judge and everybody, right? So um, I uh, took care of it very carefully. When her client's on the stand, I took that exhibit, I said, is this a picture of my client? And she said, yes, and she was very surprised. So this is the other party. (laughs) She was very surprised to see it, and I said, this is when my client was not married to you, correct? Yes. Uh, This is one of his older pictures, correct? Yes. Well, it's really his property, isn't it? Yes. Is it okay if I give it back to my client? Yes. The judge never saw it. The client, was, the opposing party was like really shattered by that. It helped me in my case. And it was taken care of. I, I, I was kind of proud of how I did that. <laughs> Do you have any experience? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, really quickly, we just finished a very contentious, contentious sexually violent predator commitment trial. And at the very end, the jury's got the case. They're deciding it. The judge says, hey, Mr. Kunin, can you uh, pop in here? I had to go on the heels of that case and stand as a witness while the judge performed a marriage for the clerk and her boyfriend, where the defense attorney and I were on either side as witnesses of that wedding. (laughs) Strange stuff. Cal, take us out. Only in a small town, right? I mean, uh, there you go. All right, folks. Well, that's our this hour of Radio Law Talk. We remind you, we broadcast live for three hours, nine to noon Pacific time. So if you can't catch them on your current radio station, you can download our podcast and listen to it that way. Or you can listen to us live nine to noon Pacific. We'll see you next time on Radio Law Talk. You have been listening to RadioLawTalk.com, a copyrighted presentation of Radio Law Talk Incorporated. (laughs) 